This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talk Sport Fan Network is probably supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18-plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L01 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and this is the Player Rating Show. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell. In this episode, we will be discussing the performances of the Fulham players against Tottenham Hotspur. We have a lot to get through, but before I do anything, I have to welcome back my co-host, Emilio, to the show. Emilio, how you doing? Hello, Russ. How you doing? I'm okay. Not too bad. Partially recovered from Sunday's disappointing defeat but yeah I still haven't (laughs) I think I've got round to accepting the fact that you know we've threw away another lead you know I've lost how many leads we've lost under Ranieri at the moment so that worries me but if we can talk about it length now but yeah I think we've got to just look forward not back you know pragmatic and the optimist as always okay Emilio before we go into rating the players you and I have been talking about how we felt after the match and now it's you know, several days later, and uh, just share with me your thoughts now. Yeah, I'm still hard to swallow. Um, the I think there's there's lots of good things to take away from that game. You know, I still reflect on a very strong, you know, heart. You know, basically the guys fought well in that first half. We looked dangerous. I know Tottenham had a weaker team. That goes without saying. But I thought we hurt them. We caused them problems. We stretched them. Babel will get stronger and fitter game by game, so I'm encouraged by that. But I'm still concerned, not so much defensively, and I've been saying that for some time now. Yep. I'm worried offensively. You know, we're not killing games off. I've, this is the fourth or fifth time that we've taken the lead under Claudio and not and not won the game. And that worries me because we haven't scored two goals in a game since uh, since November, as I mentioned on, on the full-time show on Sunday. Yes. And that's what worries me. You know, you can you can... We're tighter at the back. 
we're creating you know, creating some opportunities, but we're not killing games off. And, you know, all it takes is one lapse of concentration, one mistake. We know our defence isn't top-notch. And that's what we saw on Sunday, two mistakes, yes. two goals. Yes, and Emilio, it's interesting because we talked about this on the post-match show. They are tighter at the back, but it's still a championship defence that mm. will make the error. So when you don't have the goals that you need to kill off a match, you are susceptible to these mistakes. Absolutely. Yes. And again, it was two basic errors. If we yeah. look at the replays, you know, they, these are mistakes that we shouldn't be making. But the fact it, it if it wasn't for our slapdash defending at times, you know, we would we would be on a you know a lot more points on in the bag. But again, I keep stressing we also need to have enough goals in the tank. And we don't have that at the moment. You can't keep limping by and hoping one nil lead will be retained for the whole game. And that's what Ranieri, some of his post-match comments, that worries me as well. Yeah. Is he had a stronger team with, with Leicester City, a better defence, and they were able to hold out 1-0 leads for most of the game. But we're not able to do that. And the fact that we're continuing to persevere and, and hope and pray that we can retain that 1-0 lead in the second half is worrying because we haven't got that strong enough defence. And we're sort of sitting back second half time and time again. That's why we're getting punished. And, we, right. we should, you know... We should have more points on the board if we were actually a lot more positive second half. And that's what we need to address. But Babel's presence, I think, could make a difference. Whether we'll win enough games remains to be seen. Totally agree. And uh, I also said in the post-match show that he was uh, a very huge positive Mm. to come from this match. And I'll be curious your rating for him. But I've also said on the post-match show that they need to bring in three or four more Ryan Babel types, meaning impact <laughs> players, different positions, yeah, right. but they need yeah. players that show you what we saw against Tottenham Hotspur. They need players that can walk right in Emilio and mm-hmm. do a job. And that's what they need in, in this uh, transfer window. All right. Exactly. Let's, let's get into rating the players. And as always, I use the player ratings from Ryan O'Donovan for football. London. I share his rating, his commentary, and then I'll go to you, my friend, and see if it matches up. Let's start with what Ryan O'Donovan said and gave for Sergio Rico. He gave him a six. This is what he wrote. Made a few decent saves in the first half while his kicking to Mitrovic was pretty accurate all game. Struggled with coming for balls in the box, however. Okay, Emilio. That's a very interesting comment at the very end. What are your thoughts about the rating of six for Sergio Rico against Tottenham Hotspur in the comments from Ryan O'Donovan? Yeah, so obviously I've not seen his, his comments, so I'm sort of going in there quite cold to, to Ryan's comments. I don't always sure. agree with him, as you know. So um, I, this one, I, I, I do agree with him. You know, I, I, I may have tempted fate in the first half in this game, and I don't mind admitting it. So when we're 1-0 up, I actually, when I think Rico made us a comfortable save in a moment away through the first half, and I actually commented to the fans, season ticket holders around me, that what a difference he's made to our team. You know, he's no, no comparison between Sergio Rico and Marcus Bettinelli. And everyone was agreeing with me. And then lo and behold, I thought he 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 was definitely, he could have done better with both those goals. So six right. out of 10 is, is probably fair. Um, I thought his kicking at times wasn't as good as not as strong as what Ryan's saying. I think sometimes his kicking was a bit rushed. Um, not as accurate as it could have been. Sometimes they, were, they weren't kicked long enough. Sometimes he kicked too quickly. And obviously that you could argue there was a there was a you know a one all instructions were get it down the corner protect the one all draw rather than trying to rush to get a winner so that so I, was, I blame him partially with that as well he should be more mature play like a Champions League player and hold out for a point 
rather than trying to rush and get the win. You had 45 minutes to get the yep. win in the second half. He tried to get the winner in the last minute. So I partially blame him for that, for giving away possession too cheaply at the end. So six out of 10 is fair. And I, I, I agree with Ryan, but I, I worry the fact that he's stood on his line a bit too much and you know, yep. he, should, he should have been a bit more commanding for both goals, in my opinion. Okay, excellent there, Emilio. All right, let's now go to Dennis Adoy at center back. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a six, and this is what he wrote. Did really well in the first half in his personal battle with Deli Ali, with Adoy marshalling his marker well. Struggled as Spurs up the pressure in the second half with Ali getting the better of him. Um, you know, I'm going to be the first to admit, I think Dennis Adoy has been an absolute, you know, Treat to watch at times this this is forget the defending you know we all know he's not a Premier League defender right. per se but if everyone gave three hundred percent like Dennis Adoy we wouldn't be in this mess I just wish the other players would show as much passion as desire and and you know presence on that pitch you know he made a couple surging runs forward and unfortunately his liaison with Christie wasn't as good as it could have been but you know I'm going to give him a seven I, you know I know Deli Ali okay. you can't compare Deli Ali England international with Dennis Adoy but. To be the fact that he sort of kept him at bay first half, and I think six was a little bit harsh. I thought Dennis led from the back at times again, and he's done that time and time again. Yes, he does make the odd mistake, but so does every other defender in the team. But sure. he's been our best central defender consistently this season. Now, maybe that's not saying much, but I love Dennis Adore, and I just wish he gets a little bit more plaudits from the fans because we just need more players to play at that level of passion and desire, and we've been in a much healthier position on and off the pitch. Okay, excellent. Let's now go to Tim Ream. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a five. This is what he wrote. Had a decent first half, but a mistake when clearing the ball was pounced on by Spurs, leading to Deli Ali's equalizer. Okay, five. Do you agree or disagree there, Amelia? I do agree with him there. I thought, you know, that mistake for the first goal is unacceptable. Um, just basic defending, and we didn't clear our line. But it's, he had more time in the ball than he he thought, and that's a, that's all about rushing rush of blood in the hair, just clear the ball away to safety when he, he actually should have been a little bit more mature and taken control of that. His passing at times was quite weak, gave the ball away too cheaply and you know, not one of Tim Ream's better games. So five out of 10 is, I think, is, is a fair rating. And I agree with Ryan. Okay, excellent. All right, let's go on to Maxine Lemarchand. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a six and this is what he wrote. Did a good job dealing with Lorente for most of the game but we'll be disappointed that Spurs were able to score by dropping a ball in between him and Odoi in the six-yard box. Yeah, but I thought, again, he looked steady. You know, not authoritative. I actually, if I look at, you know, he, he reminds me of the Tim Ream in the championship. You know, he's level-headed, okay. calm, you know, executes the ball occasionally quite well. Um, gave the ball away cheaply here and there, but that's expected. But he, he, he seems like he's in the background polishing up at times and, you know, he's sort of, Getting, he's, he's getting more confidence game by game, but I think it was an underwhelming six for me. You know, he could have done okay. better with that goal, but I thought Dennis Adoy, comparing him to Dennis, I thought Dennis showed a lot more authority, a lot more leadership, and a lot more determination as well. Okay. I want to go back to Tim Ream. I, I was meaning to ask you when we were talking about him. What is the difference you're seeing from him from last season to this season? Confidence. Fear. There's a there's a fear in him as well, and maybe he psychologically knows that maybe this level is maybe a level too high for him. But you know he's he's he's, he's been admirable this in in this league. He's, he's he's made a few mistakes, but you could argue in a, for the amount of games he's played versus Dennis Adore and the amount of mistakes he's made versus Dennis Adore, 
Dennis gets more of a hard time than Tim Ream. So it goes back to what I've always said. It's when, it, when, we've, when the chips are down, we need to support the club through thick yep. and thin and not start blaming players or choose the obvious place to keep blaming. Dennis, I think, just gets a hard time. He, makes, he does well, he doesn't get plaudits. When he does a mistake, he gets criticised. And D- Tim Ream maybe gets less criticism, but has made a number of mistakes. Yep. This is, he's out of his depth, unfortunately. He's, you know, I think so. Bits. He's done a good job last season, but... You know, it's he looks lost in that in that defense at the moment and slow as well. Yeah, unfortunately, he had such a great season last season. I think mm-hmm. he's just over his head. All right, Amelia, let's now go to Joe Bryan. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a five. This is what he wrote: struggled with his positioning in the first half, which allowed Spurs some joy down his flank. Got to grips with the game more in the second half and started to put in a good showing. Allowed Wings to get ahead of him for the winning goal. Um, I think that's too generous. I gave him a four. He was awful. You know, I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm not fine. I'm not feeling the love of Joe Bryan recently. He's, he has the air, the presence. His presence reminds me of a championship play. He's got no Premier League presence there. Authority. He's, he's, gets out of position far too often. His, his final ball needs to be better. He's got obvious quality. You know, crossing from the flanks into the box, but doesn't do it often enough and occasionally in the second half in particular gave the ball away too cheaply and then got caught out of position a few times. So, you know, it's unforgivable the mistake he made at the end. That's just basic suicidal childish defending. So four out of 10 is, is more than generous as far as I'm concerned, but I'm losing a lot for Joe Bryan. So am I. I yeah, hate I, to I, say I, that. He, he feels lost I... again. He feels lost. He looks lost yeah. in that pitch and he looks, you know, it's like a heavyweight versus a lightweight. And that's what it feels like. A middleweight boxer fighting a lightweight boxer. You know, he's just he's look he's out of his depth there, unfortunately. Good pre you know, means well, got a good heart, but lacks quality to, to play at this level. And it's 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 quite obvious. It's becoming more and more obvious mm-hmm. when you compare it against the last season, having Matt Target and you saw someone that was oh. just rock solid, it really emphasizes the difference, Emilio. And uh it's unfortunate because obviously Brian was the second or potentially a choice even less than that. They tried hard to get Matt Target. They couldn't, and then they ended up going for Joe Bryan. And I really thought that Joe Bryan would slot in and be like Matt Target. It just hasn't worked out that way. It hasn't worked out. And Matt Target's done a good job at Southampton. You he know, has. He's playing, he's playing regularly. Some of the balls he whips in from the from from the from the flanks. It's you know that's what we're missing. You know we've got the big Target man in the box. We're not we're no, not we miss getting, him. We're not hitting him enough. We miss that yes. width. We again, totally do. You know, and shame because he was there for the for, for the taking. We we let him go, unfortunately. We went, but Southampton also were playing hard to get. Yeah, it was a very bad situation that we could not mm. get Matt Target back, and I think Fulmer actually paying the price. He wasn't our player, but yeah. again, I just wish they could have found a way to get Matt Target because he just fit in so well to mm. Fulham Football Club. And now, uh, like you mentioned, he's doing well for Southampton. All right, Emilio, let's go to Cyrus Christie. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a six. This is what he wrote. Wanted a bit too much time on the ball in the first half in dangerous areas, but did a decent enough job at right wing back over the course of the game. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I'm I'm not Christie's biggest fan, as you know, but, you know, he blows out and cold. There'll be some moments I actually think he's more, he's, has more effect going forward than he does defensively. When, he, when he's defending, I feel very, very nervous. But when he comes forward, he made a few few good runs in the first in both halves. Unfortunately, that final ball not as good as it could be. And that, but if when he starts to surge forward, just there's no link between the central defenders 
like Dennis Adoy. There was that moment when Dennis made a great surge and run down the middle. Yes, I remember. Christy sat back and said, oh, you know, you, you should have anticipated that ball and we could have got ourselves in a, into a promising situation. But on the whole, it did reasonably well against, a, you know, Premier League, you know, strong Champions League team. But it's, it either gives the ball away too cheaply, his crossing's not good enough. And like I've said time and time again, whenever he, he's defending against a better player, I get very, very worried. He, he makes me feel nervous. That's the thing. Okay, very good. I'm going to ask this. Do Fulham miss Ryan Fredericks? I can't believe I'm going to say that, but have they missed him? Um, I'm not entirely sure. We might have missed his pace, but and I've been critical of Fredericks in the past. How many goals did he get for the club over the, se- over the two, three seasons with us? Not many, if any, to be honest. He's had a few assists here and there. So what else has Ryan Fredericks given us in the past? He's, you know, he's always susceptible to for picking up yellow cards. Is defending at times can either be very good or very bad. So I'm not too sure we do miss him. If West Ham are not utilising him, then what does that tell you about Ryan Frederick? Is he is he not good enough for this league either? Yeah. Okay. I'm very good. Sure. I think it's slightly better than Christie, but he hasn't improved himself at the Premier League either with West Ham. That's very true. All right, my friend. Let's now talk about Calum Chambers. Uh, I I've become a fan of his because he just does his job. He got a seven. I think he just improves each and every match. From, um, like I mentioned, Ryan O'Donovan gives him a seven. This is what he wrote. Didn't really have much impact on the game, but did a decent enough job in a defensive sense in the heart of midfield along Surrey. Grew into the second half and did a great job of breaking up play. I actually think he d- did better than a seven. I'm just going to throw that out there. I want your thoughts. You were there. Yeah, I give him a man of the match because he quietly got on with business. You know, he was disrupting exactly. play. You know, he, his, his distribution was better than than normal, because normally his, his passing is, is, is not notorious for his passing, but he disrupted play, got himself stuck about. Um, we miss, you know, we do, we do sometimes miss that physical presence in midfield, and he gave that to us on, on Sunday. Right. And the fact that Tom, Tottenham were limited to chances, you know, throughout the game, that's, that's testament to the role that Chambers played. I thought this is, you know, I gave him man of the match. I thought it was his presence in midfield. And he also had, being an Arsenal player, he obviously this is, it was important for, it, for him to personally to beat Tottenham. It was his birthday. So, um, yeah. overall, good game. He's, yeah, I wouldn't say he's dominating that midfield. He just gives us a bit more strength and physique where we typically tend to be a bit, bit, bit soft with Kearney and Serie midfield. We're not, we're not necessarily the strongest and physical teams, but Chambers adds a bit more strength into, into a fairly sort of soft midfield that we've got. So, yeah, good, good performance. Shame we didn't get the result, but overall, one of his better games for us. Okay. I also want to mention this. I I don't know if it really showed itself in this match, Emilio, but I think he's made a difference on set pieces. And Mm. uh, I think, again, watching this match, Fulham, I thought, were very much improved on set pieces. And I think Chambers is a part of that. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and, you know, he's been very close to scoring in a few games now. So he will get a goal very soon. And I think that will do him the the world of good but you know he's, yeah. found, he's found his niche there I was watching one of the local um the BBC had a spotlight on him on Saturday on Football Focus on the BBC yep. and um he was talking about you know playing in this position he's learning every game and he's enjoying his time there he was first to admit that maybe the beginning of the season he you know wasn't given the op- when he was given the opportunities he didn't grab them and you know I think he's now been given a new lease of life in that, in that yeah. mid- so you know he does does pose that threat he just needs to sometimes be a little bit more calm there was a moment when um, Lloris hoofed the ball out, miskicked it, 
and yeah. he had a hot rush of blood to his head chambers. He went to went to do the spectacular and, and failed miserably. But again, <laughs> that shows that uh, you know he, he's determined to, to to fight for this club. You know, so yeah, you know, good on him. He's adding yeah. some depth there. But equally, he's, we should be again. We need better quality there. We could do better than Callum Chambers in midfield, but that's the best we have, and that's what we need. Right. We've got to play with, unfortunately. Okay, Emilio, let's move on. Let's now talk about Jean-Michael Sarri. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a seven. This is what he wrote. Had a good first half and did a good job of mopping up in the midfield. Picked up some nice positions in the second half and played some really clever passes in tight areas. Thoughts on Jean-Michael Sarri? Yeah, I'm allowed half marks. I'll give him a six and a half. You know, one of his... Well, I mean, obviously one of his better games, you know, he was a little bit more accurate with his passing. Um, again, didn't do anything of note per se. I'd like him to be a little bit more authoritative and make those, those. he doesn't do enough surging runs for me. He, he, you know, he did a bit of polishing up here and there, but it's those, I want those spectacular balls through the middle, break, you know, find a player to from, you know, rather than play short passing, I like him to play some longer passing, but with more accuracy. And, we're not seeing the John Michael Seri, <clears throat> excuse me, that we're all expecting at times. And I just want, you know, I just want somebody, somebody with a bit of quality in that midfield to find those, those, those players and, you know, with accurate passing. We're just not doing that. That's why Sunday's a bit too pedestrian. And he gave the ball away cheaply on a few occasions as well. And may that, that may have gone unnoticed because Tottenham didn't punish us. But right. I only get, six and a half, I think, is fair for Seri. Better than his, some of his more recent performance. But we should be expecting a lot more from him, someone of that calibre. Okay, very good. This is a player I definitely want your thoughts on. Ryan Babel. Ryan O'Donovan gives him an eight. This is what he wrote. Started the game well and showed some strength and pace to manufacture a decent chance for himself in the first 10 minutes. It was good debut from the forward who showed what he can offer this side. Okay. Thoughts on an eight for Ryan Babel? Um, I Because I gave Chambers an eight as my man of the man. I'm going to give him a seven and a half. I think... He only played four. He didn't play the four match, so I'd, I'd, I'm reluctant to give him man of the match when you've only played 55 so minutes. So, you know, made an impression at first half. You know, strong. He will get fitter. He will, you know, he will lose a bit of weight as well. You know, again, that first, that first opportunity, maybe someone of his experience should have put that away. Um, you know, whether he's fit or not fit, or played games or not playing games, that should be bread and butter to a striker. So, I actually think. You know, I'm going to downgrade him because he should have done better with that goal. I know Luis did have made a good save, okay. but I thought he should have put it to the to the other side rather than trying to go to the near side. So, uh, but if that was maybe an hour into the game, maybe Ryan Babel would have scored that. But he got into good positions. The header, which went over the bar, I know it was slightly above him, but maybe it was further over the bar than he would have liked. He should, you know. So some promise, but he needs again. We need him to be sharper in front of goal. So, so I think great start, good debut you know, offer us maybe something a little bit different. And his, his li- li- link-up play with Smitrovic is encouraging as well. So hopefully we'll start to see them two forging a good relationship. But good start, but seven and a half for me because he didn't play a full game. Okay, excellent. But I'm glad that you talked about it because I can see them really working well together. Mm. That's the starting point, Emilio. Then we have something to build on. And his experience, again, you could see the difference between, say, him and some of our other players. He walks mm. in and he feels like he belongs. Yeah, great. And, you know, it goes back to what I've said time and time again. We need to score more than one goal in a league game. So, yep. you know, he will give us a bit more threat. You know, Kamara, we, we could, you know, again, isn't technically the best player. We know that. But he offers something a little bit different. Hurt defenders. We're winning a lot of corners. 
you know, he, you know, we're getting a few free kicks in the area. If he can start to win a few free kicks in danger areas, get corners, get some goals, some assists, then we may have some better times ahead. But, you know, that, it's encouraging, a good start there. And I think I'm, hopefully most fans will be surprised with what they saw. But he'll only start to lose weight and become quicker and fitter. Right. So we should look forward to seeing a lot more of Babel in the next few weeks. That's what I think. Again, I keep going back to this. If this was the first impression, it was a very mm. good first impression. Absolutely. All right, my friend, let's not talk about Andre Sherl, always a polarizing figure. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a five. This is what he wrote. Was fairly quiet in the first half, but did pick out a good position where Babel found him, allowing him to rattle off a good effort. Barely touched the ball in the second half of the game and was subbed with 20 minutes left. Thoughts on Andre Sherla? Um, I think, again, too generous. I think I, I, I disagree with Yanis on Sunday in the full-time show when Yanis made a point that Sherla had a good game. I was asking, I'm not sure what game Yanis was watching. I thought he was, you know, basically anonymous the whole game. Yes, he had that volley, which obviously resulted in a, a disallowed goal, but he did very, very little. I, you know, when we, when we signed at the beginning of the season, I was very excited. You know, I thought this is a, this is a level of quality, that, what we're aspiring to play, the type of football we're trying to play. But he didn't, he was anonymous the whole game, you know, running around. Yeah. I could see him, you know, you can see when you look at the whole pitch, he was pointing this, pointing that, telling his defenders to do this, telling his midfield to do that. But actually, Andre, you do a bit more running, please. You need to be covering a lot more ground the pitch. You're running around like a headless chicken, like I said on Sunday, and yep. not offering not offering much value. So we felt like at times we were playing with 10 men on the pitch. Disappointing because he's got a lot more talent than that. He's yeah. not renowned for his defending, but offensively, he has, he's not making those runs we saw at the beginning of the season. Remember against Crystal Palace, yes. he made the Thurgeon runs against Burnley when he had countless shots on goal. We're not seeing that. We're only seeing the odd spectacular volley here and there and the goal here and there. But where's the Andrew Schiller when he was taking shots from long range? You know, We haven't seen afraid. that in a very long time. We're not seeing that regularly. So he's playing a different role. It's just, it's just not suiting him. He just feels lost running around in circles. So I'm only giving him a four. He's just not good enough. Okay, very good. All right, let's go on to Alexander Mitrovic. He gets a seven from Ryan O'Donovan. This is what he wrote. Was proven to be a handful for Davidson Sanchez as the two battled in the air for balls. He was a nightmare for the Spurs back line when Rico went long and won most balls in the air. That was a very interesting battle between those two players, Emilio. Your thoughts on the seven? Yeah, I agree with him. It was a good tussle. That was a good good old Premier League derby tussle between a strong, young Mitrovic and then, you know, good, you know, Sanchez did a good job there in defence. I actually thought he was posing in problems, but I actually like the fact that at the end of the game, they shook hands and they they hugged each other. So they had a yeah. good old battle out there. But Mitrovic at times, when he got his yellow card, you could see he was, his head was dropping. Frustrations were coming out. I'm just saying, keep it cool at Mitrovic because you're going to get sent off any minute now. And we we right. can't afford you to do that. That worried me because when Tottenham had equalised, you could see his body language was he was getting frustrated yep. that he wasn't getting the quality of passing. He was winning the ball in the air, but no one was following up. You know, he wasn't getting the decisions from the goal, from the from the referee throughout the game. You saw his frustrations creeping up and up and up. And you know that tackle or foul on on the defender. You know that it's, at times that could have that could have resulted in a red card. If you know, it could have got out of hand. You saw it. Christie jumped in unnecessarily. Cabana then joined in. It's just that little melee was all unnecessary. It's all because of frustration from Mitrovic. And that's the first time we've seen in a long time that his head was getting the better of him. Yeah. So he just needs to curb that. But 
that he lost a, a point for me because he just maybe should have shown a bit more maturity in in, in that. And but he did well. He did win the ball, but he just at times when when Babel went off, that's when his head started dropping. He was a different player, to be totally honest. And I think the game changed when Babel was substituted as well. Fair point, my friend. And uh, glad that you talked about that because I'm I'm always asked. I can't tell you how many times from especially uh, Newcastle United supporters tell me. You know, what's going on with him? Why hasn't he basically lost it? Because he, I guess, apparently, I didn't watch enough of him at Newcastle United, but he was uh, very fiery there. And uh, he's pretty much been in control here. But there have been moments, and maybe you saw one of those moments uh, against Tottenham Hotspur. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's something that he needs to control. Totally Mm. agree with you on that. All right, let's now go to the substitutes. We'll do these individually. Let's start with Ryan Sessegnon. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a six was brought on to target Kieran Trippier in the second half of the game, took up some good positions, but never really threatened the Spurs' back line. All right, my friend, I'm very curious your thoughts on Session. We've had some discussions on this on Cottage Talk from the mm. two episodes. What are your thoughts about his performance here? Yeah, I'm only giving him a five. He looked a shadow of his former self. He looks a player devoid of confidence. Um, I think I used the word he looked disinterested on Sunday. Yes. a full-time show on Sunday. Um, I thought he he was poor. I think all substitutions were ineffective. Let's be, I think let's be looking more broadly. Yep. Ranieri's three subs made no difference to the game. Didn't work. Actually, negatively impacted the game because Babel coming off. Maybe we we were a bit lightweight and we sat back and maybe it's because to quote Ranieri that we was wanting to protect the one 0 lead. But that's that's. That's dangerous when you've got a, a championship defence and you're playing against a Champions League, Champions League team. So criticism from the manager. And, you know, unfortunately, Ryan Session didn't really make much of an impact. There were a couple of times when he got he gave Trippier a few few problems, but final ball not good enough. Maybe, you know, his crossing was a bit too early rather than taking time. But overall, didn't affect the game whatsoever. So not not his best 45 minutes or less, to be honest. OK, excellent. As you mentioned, you don't feel that any of the substitutes did well, and I'm in agreement with you. Ryan O'Donovan gives Niskins Cabano a five, and this is what he wrote. was very quiet after coming on as he was forced to defend against increasing Spurs pressure as the clock wound down. Thoughts on Cabano? Um, you know, to be honest, it's four or five, really. To be honest, he did. what did he actually do of note? It took him a while for him to touch the ball for the first time. Didn't do anything offensive. He was there, obviously, to add some pace, width, and obviously to, to track back and defend. That was also, you know, we know that Cabana does track back, likes to defend, and will help the team where possible. But he didn't do anything of note defensively, and I can't recall anything he did offensively either. So four or five, you know, at best. To be but that's, you know, we again, another player, another championship player who's had a bit of substitute game time this season, but... Hasn't really made ever has ever made an impact, has he, at this level? So, no. um, so are we seeing again that Cabano, for his efforts, is not a Premier League player? It's tough because uh, mm. we're going through these ratings, and I'm thinking exactly what you end up saying. You know, going through talking about many of these players. We talked about the Championship defense while you're describing their jobs, and, and I'm reading what Ryan O'Donovan said. I just keep going back to we have too many players that maybe are just not at this level, Emilio. Mm. Niskins Cabano, unfortunately, I think, goes in that category. And he was never, right. a, reg- and he was never a regular in the championship either. No, he wasn't. To be honest. So it's he wasn't. And now you're asking him to play a higher level. Yeah, exactly. He was in and out of that team. One minute he's had a great game, scores a goal, has an assist. 
then he disappears for a few more games. So yeah. he wasn't a regular in the division below us. What's to say he's any good at this level? He's, he's, as much as I like his passion and determination, he's unfortunately a little bit out of it, this out of his league. Yep, I agree with you. That's going to lead us now to talk about Ibrahim Assise. Ryan O'Donovan also gives him a five, and this is what he wrote. Didn't really have much impact, but sat next to Chambers. Yeah, similarly, again, four, four or five again. He, how, many, how many minutes did he play in the whole championship season? And yet, he, now he's playing in the Premier League and coming on in the second half to protect the midfield. That's just suicidal substitution yep. from, from Ranieri. You know, Tom Kenny... For for his you know for what is worth would have been a would have been a better pr- proposition to to put. Emilio, that we sort of breaking. We talked about this, and I mentioned that when he brought Cisse on, that was a sign to Tottenham that we were playing for a point. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was either Giannis or Max said, "Why didn't he bring on Kenny?" So this is a fair criticism. Yeah. And then Kenny, we know he was. I wouldn't say was he rested, dropped, but you know, no player is. I've said this before. No player is guaranteed a starting lineup in his team at the moment, and. Tom Kearney isn't particularly impressive when he plays against teams who play the ball quickly and have slicker passing. Tottenham, we know, play the ball to, you know slickly. They're very, they're very clever. They're very fast. The game would have would have passed beyond Tom Kearney, but with twenty minutes to go, he would have been the sort of the person that we needed. Just maybe be a calming influence in that midfield as well. But um, unfortunately, Ranieri went against, and yep. you know, Cesar didn't necessarily make many mistakes, but he wasn't influential either. I didn't really see him breaking up any play, right. showing his presence in that mid, midfield either. So, you know, four, four or five out of ten, be like Cabano. Okay, very good. All right, before we finish up, bonus. I want you to rate Claudio Ranieri for this match. Um, low again. I'm going to give him a four. Um, I thought it's all three substitutions failed miserably. Um, Tactically, worry, you know the fact that he, he came on record to to state that we should have protected a one nil lead that worried me. You know, you had a, you had enough chance in that first half to to kill the game off, and we need to start doing that under Claudio, given the defence we've got. So that that's a concern. And generally, I think one thing I do agree with him is, you know, towards the end of the game, play for the one all draw. You know, you know, don't you know we all have you know Rico kicking that ball long is suicidal. You know, we had a, dis- a disagreement on the full-time show with Max and Yannick. <laughs> we did. But, you know, one point is better than no point against a Champions League team. And, you know, we should have protected that. We should have been more mature. Run the clock down and play to the corner flag. Do what good European teams do. But, unfortunately, overall, if another thing is wor- worries me as well, if, if Ranieri's view was that we should have protected the one all put, get the point... Why wasn't that translated to the, the, the people on the pitch? So is there a communications issue there, potentially? Well, that's very interesting because, like I said, I believe that his substitution of Cissé told me that they were playing for the draw. So did something get lost in translation? It may be because we've got goalkeepers who struggle to speak English. You've got a coach whose English isn't the best. So we've got communications issues on the pitch here as well. I don't so, know. That's, I don't a, know. It seems that's to be an interesting of- question, though. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, something not right there, to be honest. But, you know, it wasn't his best, but the substitutions worry me and the tactics. Yeah. When you're 1-0 up and you're deservedly 1-0 up, keep pushing, keep persevering, you know, and, and trying to get that second goal. Kill the game off, and that's what we're not doing. And we're getting punished. Burnley, Tottenham, Wolves, and Leicester spring to mind. Okay, very good. Well, since we're talking about Ranieri, and this is the way we'll finish up because uh... – you have a very good seat, my friend, of watching the differences, say, between form under Jokanovic, now form under 
Ranieri. So I'm curious, from the time that he came in, have you seen improvements? What have you seen under Ranieri? Can you see a a path forward, or do you see that this is kind of a, a slow direction forward, or can you see this building into something under him? Do you see any any type of forward direction under Ranieri? Um, maybe not as much as we would all have liked, but you know, defensively, that was I mean, that was very clear from the word go. His first statement was, "We've got to play from the back and defend from the back." And we all knew what type of system he played under for Leicester City. So we've got to give him credit for winning the Premier League with you know with not the strongest squad in the world. But you know, my view is we have tied it up in defence. Yes, we're still making mistakes. You know, we're not going to eradicate. You can't suddenly make a, a championship defender, you know, become an overnight Premier League star quality player. You know, if you haven't got that level of ability, then Ranier has, has got no option but to play with the team he's got at his disposal. But what we're not doing is we're not we're not killing games off, and that's my right. worry. Babel, as an option, will give us a bit more threat, will give us more goals. But you know, I think we are seeing improvement. You know, it may not necessarily yeah. translate the amount of goals scored. But goals conceded were much, much healthier than we were under Jukanovic. We've lost the, unfortunately, the, the pretty football. But we, you can't go seven, eight games, consecutive games defeated and still have to retain your job, unfortunately. So Jukanovic paid the price for maybe being a bit stubborn, not having a plan B and all the things that we've talked about in the past. But, yeah. but it's a shame that we've lost that brand of football. But survival is more important than brand of football. But at this rate, we're going to lose both. We're going to lose our Premier League status. And we've also lost our brand of football. Now, worry about where does the club head to going forward? Maybe we need to spend another show around. What do we do? Do we accept that we're going to get relegated? Or well, do we continue to fight the cause? I think you've got to continue to fight the cause. And sure. that will give us strength. And I suspect there will be another signing or two this week. You know, I hope so. I hope so, my friend. Because I think if they really want to survive, like I, I've said now two or three times, I'll give Tony Khan, Ryan Babel, so far. You know, again, we'll, we'll have to see how it turns out. But this was a, a, a very good debut. But you need players that can walk into the squad and make an impact. And you need more than a, a few. You need – I'll even mention when they brought Mitrovic in last mm-hmm. season, Target. They need players that can walk into the squad. And uh, hopefully mm-hmm. he will he will get those players. That's what they need right now. So, then, you know, anyways, maybe- listen, Amelia. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, at the end of the day, you know, Ranieri can only deal with the players that's going in front of him. And that's right. maybe some of the fans might be disappointed that Sessignon and Kearney aren't playing week in, week out. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a different level. Sessignon is, has been a bit more influential when he's come on as, an, as a second-half substitution you know, since he's picked up his injury. Tom Kearney, for his fault, you know, let's be, let's be totally honest. What's he done of note this season? You know, why does just because he's captain doesn't give doesn't mean he deserves to be playing week in week out? You yeah. know, he's obviously seen that Tom Kearney's a bit too slow for this level and only one footed, and he's being found out. As much as yeah. I love Tom Kearney, he's not influencing games for ninety minutes week in week out. So some hard decisions need to be made, and sure. Ranier is sticking to his guns. He's, he's obviously got his chosen favourites. That's quite clear. But even those chosen favourites aren't aren't stepping up to the plate. But defensively. To answer your question, yes, we are tighter, but okay. we've got to score more goals because you're not going to get away with it at this level, holding a 1-0 lead. And we've seen that four times we've given that lead away. And five times if you include the Oldham game. Sure. My thoughts on this, and that's why I wanted to pose it to you, just watching from afar here in America, that we are more competitive. And I, even though Spurs had all those injuries, Emilio, I thought Fulham were very competitive against, a, like you said, a Champions League side. 
still a ton of quality there, and they held their own. In fact, in that first half, they were the better side. So I can see improvement. But like you said, um, it's good to have improvement, but that's why I asked you, is there a way forward? Because they need to take the improvement and turn that into points. And unless they do that, then we'll be talking about a team in the championship. But I do see improvement under Ranieri, and I was one that did not want to replace Jokanovic. I'll still say it. I wanted to see that through. But now that they made the change, I do see what Ranieri's doing, Emilio. Yeah, and the only thing I just think, just before we we end the show, is there seems to be some disrupt dressing room disruption, you know, affecting the players. You can something's not quite right. He's yeah. he's quite vocal, disappointing. He's more vocal than I know him. I've you know, I've, I mean, I've met Ranier. I've spoken to him many times in the past yeah. when he was the manager of Chelsea, and I'm seeing a lot a more vocal side of him. He's, so that's that's dam that's damaging confidence among some of our our players. A we're struggling. Last thing we need is players to be demotivated. You're seeing disruption on the pitch. You're seeing disruption in the dressing room. Yep. Kamara supposedly arrested now as well. What there's something not quite right on the people front here, and that's what's why maybe Antonio Conte's been been you know was visible in Motspur Park last Friday. He's been around, yeah. Them getting quite well. Yeah. So whether yeah, he he's, at, I think he was a, wasn't he at the match too? He was, and maybe he was at the know, match, and he was at Motspur Park. Very interesting. Yeah, exactly. So that relationship. You know, maybe maybe he's going to be trying to add a bit of a calming influence because Antonio yeah. Conte, you know, has also got a strong opinion on players and it's, sure. it can be quite outspoken at times. But something worries me that you've got Sessegnon looking disinterested and, and demotivated. Tom Kearney seems to be more excited being in Dubai on holiday than playing for Fulham on the pitch. There's something not quite right here at the moment. And that that dressing room turmoil, whatever you want to call it, needs to be addressed because... We're seeing it happen. We're seeing body language on the pitch being at an all-time low, and, and something. I'm not sure if that's Ranieri. Is it his public statements? Is it issues in the dressing room? I don't know. But it's a lot of dressing room nonsense going on, which is bad press for the club. Totally agree, Emilio. And I'm just going to say this, and then we're going to end the show. Right now, unfortunately, Fulham Football Club have a losing mentality, and if you play like this and you act like this. You know, I, again, when you lose, these types of things happen. We're talking mm, about problems yeah. in the dressing room. It happens. It permeates. It becomes a bigger issue. That's why I know that there's a serious problem here mm. that they need to rectify Absolutely. Uh, and and all come together. And unless they all come together, including Ranieri and the players and coach and staff, everyone comes together, then um, we don't have much of a shot. But, yes, you are right. There is something wrong there, and it needs to be fixed. All right. Great show, my friend. But I do have to wrap up this episode of Cottage Talk for my co-host, Emilio Donnell. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.